It has already been a busy morning, and it's only 7 a.m. Luckily, we have a chance for Roadmap to Heaven right here on Covenant Network. I'm Adam Wright. Thank you for tuning in this morning. Let's start our time together in prayer in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, ever since the alarm clock went off at 5.15 this morning, really before that, because I woke up just a little before 5 and couldn't get back to sleep, it's been a busy morning. There's a lot happening in my life today, and that's why I've been loving these opportunities with Roadmap to Heaven to take just a little Lenten retreat with you every morning, even if you're only able to be with us for five minutes, for one segment of the show. If it can get you a little peace, a little time in the desert to reflect before you start your day, I'm grateful for that opportunity to offer you an anchor point as we, you know, because we didn't give up work for Lent. We didn't give up school. We didn't give up being parents. We didn't give up being spouses. We didn't give up our our day to day. Uh, We didn't give up. (laughs) Let's just put it that way. We're still going strong, but we are in this holy season of Lent. And so today for our little spiritual retreat, we have uh, Bishop Paprocki with a talk on how Lenten practices bring true happiness and which Lenten practices can do that. Um, We have a homily on in adversity, seek the pathway to holiness. We have a continuation of Father Ripperger on the four last things, meditating upon death. And then it's Thursday, so you know Father David Skillman's going to be with us to talk about the Redeemer of Man. That's all ahead on Roadmap to Heaven today. Let's go to Mike Roberts for our weather and our saint of the day. Today is the Feast of the Chair of St. Peter. According to tradition, the throne of St. Peter was used by Peter himself. However, exhaustive testing has shown it's no older than the 6th century and likely the throne presented as a gift from Holy Roman Emperor Charles the Bald to Pope John VIII in 875. Pope Benedict XXVI describes this chair as a symbol of the special mission of Peter and his successors to tend Christ's flock, keeping it united in faith and charity. We hear so much about Peter in Scripture, and most of the time he is struggling to grasp what the Lord is asking of him. But while flawed like the rest of us, there was a reason Jesus chose him to lead the church from its very beginning. His leadership qualities would have been on clear display as the head of a fishing business, and after the Pentecost, those leadership qualities infused by the Holy Spirit show themselves immediately as he is the first to speak, telling a large crowd in Acts 2, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Today in the Gospel of Matthew, we will hear from Jesus directly as he asks Peter, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter says in reply, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus says to him in reply, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my heavenly father. And so I say to you, You are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of the netherworld shall not prevail against it. 
I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. St. Peter, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. Daily Offering God the Father, I thank Thee for creating me. God the Son, I thank Thee for redeeming me. God the Holy Spirit, I thank Thee for sanctifying me. Infuse into my thoughts, words, and actions Thy grace, so that they may be supernaturally pleasing to Thee and supernaturally rewarding to me forever. O Blessed Trinity, abundantly assist me in becoming that which Thou intended me to become when Thou created me. For in Thy perfection I will give Thee the glory Thou desirest of me, and in that perfection I will find my greatest joy in heaven. Amen. I wasn't sure what to make of these Thursday mornings with Father David Skillman when we first envisioned this project because we had never done anything like this before and we knew it would be good. I, I knew I would enjoy our conversations, but Father, it's really been great to be diving deep into this encyclical piece by piece to hear just a little bit of what St. John Paul II was trying to say right off the bat. Now, last time we were together, we were hearing about redeemed man in the modern world, and we were talking about things like materialism and consumerism, which, uh, you know, 1970-something, no, this is still applicable now almost 40 years later. And so here we are talking about redeemed man and his situation in the modern world with human rights and the, the good old question about the letter of the law, the spirit of the law, both. So what does the saint have to say to us this week? Yeah, so this closes out his analysis of our situation in the modern world. And perhaps not surprisingly for Pope John Paul II, it kind of climaxes with this question of human rights. He was such a ardent defender of of human rights and so he, he begins this little section talking about um, the 20th century, which was uh, still in progress at that point, a couple decades left to go, but saying that we had seen great calamities. Certainly he must have had in mind uh, the world wars above all. Um, but he names these as both material and moral calamities. And he says above all the moral ones. Um, so this question of it just kind of what is right and what is wrong. In particular, how do we treat one another as human beings? And he says all of this really should be a wake-up call for promoting human rights, which he says is really a fundamental aspect of what we want to call social justice. And uh, maybe he's piggybacking a little bit here on Pope Paul VI, who had that famous line, if you want peace, work for justice. Right? That peace we long for can only come about, John Paul says, when human rights are respected. Peace, he says, comes down to respect for man's inviolable rights, while war springs from violation of these rights and brings with it still graver violations of them. So you think about the atrocities of, you know, the Holocaust, most obvious example of this just complete um, denial of the rights of certain human beings. And John Paul wants to get, this is where he, when he talks about letter and spirit, he wants to get really to the the heart of it where he talks about, you know, we can, it's great to have these, what he calls programs and systems that kind of advocate for and speak in favor of, of human rights. He calls this kind of the letter, you know, they kind of, they say that this is what they're in favor of, but he says that has to be put into practice. That has to um, actually be lived in the the experience of, of various communities and societies that 
It has to be infused with that spirit of respect for human rights. And there's a certain um, element of optimism here on the part of the Holy Father for the United Nations Declaration of Human Rights, but he warns, um, based on this this distinction between letter and spirit, that it's not enough for the UN just to say we're in favor of human rights. <laughs> he has to be seen in practice. And he writes this, the church aware that the letter on its own can kill while only the spirit gives life must continually ask together with people of goodwill whether the declaration of human rights and the acceptance of their letter mean everywhere also the actualization of their spirit. So the, the, the age-old movement from just kind of the theory to the practice of these things, right? Later, this is really going to come to a head, actually, with the UN, um, when the heart of <laughs> its promotion of human rights is going to include contraception and, and abortion. And John Paul and the church are going to speak out very vigorously against this, saying these are not human rights. In fact, this is just the opposite. Um, but here, he, he points especially to the right uh, to religious freedom. And he writes this about that right to religious freedom. The curtailment and violation of religious freedom are in contrast with man's dignity and his objective rights. It's therefore difficult, even from a purely human point of view, to accept a position that gives only atheism the right of citizenship in public and social life while believers are, as though by principle, barely tolerated or are treated as second-class citizens or are even, and this has already happened, entirely deprived of the rights of citizenship. Uh, surely here he had in mind, you know, the atheism of communism at the time, but I think even in our own society we can see as, as secularism has, has grown and increased, this is very much a trend uh, that dominates our democracies too. Um, this constant um, vigilance that we have to have against the infringement of this right to religious freedom. And so he ends this section with this appeal to world leaders to respect this right of religion. And he says this, I think these are beautiful words to summarize what he and the church are calling for. He says, no privilege is asked for, but only respect for an elementary right. So we're not asking to go back to, you know, the... Um, the monarchies of the Middle Ages and kind of that the high ages of Christendom. And we're not looking for a particular privilege here, but we just are looking for respect for this fundamental human right, which is my right to respond in conscience to what I understand the truth to be. It's incredibly um, moving how insightful this was. And, you know, I, I, I can only wonder, did St. John Paul II know as he was writing this, that this isn't just something he's writing for the beginnings of his pontificate, again, going back to October of 1978. Uh, this is something that is carrying forward now in my lifetime and in your lifetime mm-hmm. in questions we are still wrestling with. And again, to this day, as you said, we're not asking for a special privilege, but we are constantly having to be vigilant to seek respect for this elementary right, as St. John Paul II put it. And it's great to be able to turn back to his wisdom and to quote that and to have this encyclical as a starting point for some of these conversations we may be having. Right, yeah, and you think about, you know, our country, for example, um, is founded on this idea of the right to religious liberty, and yet our own bishops have had to be very vigorous in defense of that over the recent couple of decades, you know, in various ways that um, the state has attempted to, you know, reduce that in some way to the right to worship rather than the right to actually practice our religion in the public square and sort of these sorts of things. So it's very, very timely and continues to be uh, formative for what we're called to be as the church in the modern world. 
Well, Father, you've certainly given us a lot of fodder for consideration until we come together again next week for a look at what will be the really final five sections of the Redeemer of Man that we're going to be looking at in this series. Indeed, the end is in sight. Memorare to St. Joseph. Remember, O most chaste spouse of the Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who implored your help and sought your intercession were left unaided. Full of confidence in your power, I fly unto you and beg your protection. Despise not, O guardian of the Redeemer, my humble supplication, but in your bounty, hear and answer me. Amen. It's a good time to stop on this Thursday for our daily dose of encouragement. And here is Patty Schneier once again with some insight this week from Mother Angelica. Well, she shared with us some great words about becoming a saint, about the Holy Spirit. Yesterday was about faith. Today, I wanted to look at some of her quotes about perseverance. And here's what she writes. The penance of this age is to be faithful to your duties in your state of life. This is so important. If you are a student, be faithful to your studies. If you are married, be faithful to your spouse and the duties that come from raising children and work. If you are a priest, be faithful to your priestly vows of obedience and chastity. So what is your state in life? Be faithful to it. It sounds easy, but we know the day in and day out is anything but easy. Some of our duties are not too glamorous, are they? going to work, washing dishes, grocery shopping, caring for babies, caring for aging parents, for priests, sitting in the confessional every week, anointing the dying, celebrating early mass, attending meetings, counseling parishioners. Mother Angelica's words are a reminder for all of us today. As we face our duties, let's offer them to God and dedicate ourselves to remain faithful in fulfilling them. Perseverance, it's the penance of this age. And it takes me right back to a quote you shared with us earlier this week. You have to be holy wherever you are. Patty, thank you for another daily dose of encouragement. I'm convinced that that's where the saints of our generation are going to be made, is just being perseverant in their vocation and whatever it is God is calling them to in the day in and the day out. I mean, I pray for the witness, um, you know, the inspiring witness of tremendous saints. I think of St. Jose Sanchez del Rio. I think of St. Joan of Arc. Um, I think of St. Francis Cabrini. I, I think of St. Bernadette. I think of the children at Fatima who, you know, with great courage did amazing things. Um, but I also think of just the, the everyday ordinary among us. You know, maybe we'll be canonized, maybe we won't, but God willing, we will be saints. And I think at the end, I, I say this all the time, at the end of the day, I think that's all that matters. I, if, if I'm a canonized saint, if I'm not canonized, as long as I'm a saint, that's, that's the important part there. As long as I make it to heaven, uh, I'll be happy. And if I don't, well, the alternative's not great and I, I won't be happy. So in your day-to-day today, on this Thursday, there's going to be moments of frustration. There's going to be moments of joy. And in all of them, just be perseverant. Uh, you know, stick to it. Have at it. Keep going. I love uh, 
you know, when, when we're sourcing content, I love going out and listening to different talks and listening to different material, talking with different people saying, oh, maybe, you know, we could have you on our show. Maybe we could hear from you. And uh, there was one talk I was listening to. We're not going to be able to share it on the show, but he was talking about sharing difficulty and the difference between people who say, okay, that's okay. You know, you know, you, it's too hard. And those who say, go on. As if to say, we're right there with you, but go on, do what's hard, go on. And, uh, Let's be that for someone today, you know, someone who might be having some difficulty, not telling them what to do or how to do it. Or, you know, when I did this, I did blah, blah, blah. But just to say, hey, go on. I know it's hard, but I'll be right here with you. Keep living, striving to do the will of God in everything you do. And uh, I'll tell you what makes that easier for me. I I go back to St. Paul in all circumstances, give thanks for that is the will of God. You know, the, the other night. The kids were really driving me up a wall because I've asked them five times to clean up, you know, this one particular spot on the dining room table that had gotten a little cluttered and they're walking right by it. And I'm like, would you, would you please clean this up? What? Huh? That right there. This? No, that. It, or, do you have eyes to see and ears to hear what I am saying? But at the same time, I'm so grateful that I have the table and that I have the kids and that I have the room and that we have the stuff to have the clutter and the mess. And I think of those who go without and made it easy to say, okay, Adam, take a breath, calm down, be patient, be loving, be holy. Don't be a crab. Don't be a jerk to your children today. Let's pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be world without end. Amen. Mary, Mother of the Church, pray for us. St. Joseph, terror of demons, pray for us. Let's ask each of our own individual patron saints and guardian angels to pray for us today as well. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, it's been a joy to spend the hour with you this morning here on Roadmap to Heaven. We'll be back tomorrow with more Lenten reflection for you. Start every day off this season just growing in holiness right here on Roadmap to Heaven. And as you go throughout the day, don't forget to pray your rosary today.